0: Hi everyone, Corey here. Welcome back to another edition of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. As always, if any of the stories that I'm about to share are of interest to you and you want to read them for yourselves, you can head to blog.lgbthealthlink.org where you will find a written version of the Roundup with links to all of those stories. Let's jump in with our first story of the week, Black Lives Matter and Our Communities. Movement Advancement Project published a report on why ending violence against Black individuals should be a top priority for LGBT advocates. They note that police brutality is an issue for both Black and LGBTQ communities, and that Black LGBT folks, particularly Black transgender women, are especially at risk of suffering um, from police brutality and other forms of, of violence. They also share a list of ways for LGBT people to get involved in this critical issue. I think that this is so important and. Um, the, the issue of, of violence, particularly police brutality, facing um, trans um, black women and other black LGBT folks is just one of many areas um, where people of color in the LGBT community have uh, disparities. And it's a perfect example of how we really need to focus on that intersectionality for LGBT people of color when we're thinking about um, the issues that we're researching, um, our policy priorities, and everything that we do as a community and as advocates. Next up, trans men want more inclusive language. Researchers led by Augustus Klein found that trans men and transmasculine non-binary folks want providers to engage um, more with them on respectful language. 77.7% say that they want providers to directly ask them what language they would prefer that the provider use with respect to their genitalia. A majority of 65% wanted providers to use medical terminology rather than informal language. And yet only 26.9% reported that a provider had ever asked them for their preferences despite many more saying that their provider was otherwise knowledgeable on trans-affirming care. In other words, this was a group of people included in the study who generally had good providers um, who did know about trans health, and even these providers who know about trans health, very few of them were asking about people's preferences on language. I think that there is often the perception that LGBTQ people are embarrassed about our health and our identities, and we don't want to have to speak about these things. It's like an awkward elephant in in the room, and I think that even for providers who are used to talking about things um, like you know genitalia if that's uh, has to do with their practice, even they it seems are a little like squeamish about. Asking too directly LGBTQ folks, and here you know tr- trans men in particular, about what what their preference is on on language, right? It probably seems awkward, and they think, no, that that may be rude if I ask, etc. But no, um, you know, trans people are saying in this study, we would rather that you ask and and that we discuss what terms you use. And uh, you know, the majority here, 65%, prefer more medical terminology, but that still leaves 35% who, you know, have a, a different preference on that language. So definitely a really interesting um study to help inform uh you know the actual provision of of healthcare for trans folks. Next up, pride plans continue nationwide. Good Morning America published an extensive list of upcoming virtual Pride Month events happening all over the country, with in-person events mostly having been canceled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. While many are simply celebrations and a chance for the community to get together, some cover specific topics that may be of interest to our listeners, such as mental health, veterans' issues, and gender diversity. Good Morning America, says that uh, it's key that the community still have a space to, quote, celebrate its resilience, diversity, and history, end quote, even if that means going online instead of having a, you know, a more traditional in-person event. And we know that June is Pride Month, but Pride celebrations continue um, all throughout the summer. Uh, I know a lot of places, you know, tend to space their events out um, so that they're not kind of competing with nearby um, towns and cities. And uh, it seems like a lot of places are kind of keeping their original, you know, time frame. Whenever they would have had an in-person event, they're having an online event. So it was cool to see this reported and to see a list of just how many are happening. And of course, you know, that, list isn't going to be have every event that's happening. So definitely check out what may be happening, um, you know, from your area or check out somewhere else. You know, you don't have to pay to go travel uh, this year to go and pop into some other town or city's pride celebration. In our next story, prep expansion delayed in the UK. Forbes reported that a long-awaited change in which PrEP would finally be made available through the UK's healthcare system, which was scheduled to happen for April, has been indefinitely delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Advocates were a little bit divided both in terms of how long they think this delay is going to last and also whether they thought that it was good that the delay had occurred or not. Um, Some said that with the reduced healthcare system capacity, it was just not a good time to launch this new service. While others say that the stay home order was the perfect opportunity to work on this because people were, um, you know, paying more attention to public health than ever. They were thinking about how they could be proactive to protect their health. And people had, you know, um, maybe newer, uh, closer connections to the healthcare system than they had before. So it's a really interesting um, article to read and to think about that and, you know, to think about what we what we all could have or should have been doing more of during the pandemic. Um, but in any case, you know, hopefully the delay won't last long because um, this is one area where the UK is actually lagging quite a bit behind um, other countries such as the US. Next up, quick reads on mental health. The story is kind of a, a meta roundup because um, here we are on a news roundup reporting on another roundup, um, which was done by Helio, compiling a list of quick hits on LGBT mental health in recognition of Pride Month. Among their picks were new articles on concerns about fertility impacting the future outlook of transgender adolescents, unique concerns facing LGBT older adults with Alzheimer's and their caregivers and mental health issues um, remaining high among sexual minority youth, despite growing significantly in terms of their, their population size over the past few decades. And in our final story for the week, CDC promises more data. ABC News reported that the CDC will start collecting race and ethnicity data on COVID-19 tests, which until now has not been done at the federal level, although some states have elected to do it, which many say is a huge problem and one that is masking disparities on the basis of race and ethnicity. The CDC also said that it is, quote, dedicated to leading America to healthier lives, regardless of race, ethnicity, gender, sex, uh, geography, or sexual orientation, end quote. However, no plans have been made to collect gender and sexual orientation data uh, in COVID-19 testing results. So LGBTQ disparities were, you know there are bound to be disparities in one form or another i either in higher rate of infection or could be a difference in how many people are getting tested um and you know, just a lot of different outcomes um, in terms of, of deaths, for example, um, and we have no uh, nationwide data and very little state data. There's only a couple states, um, two by my personal count, California and Pennsylvania. There may have been more um, since then, but by my count, there are only two states that are doing it. So that's really um, disheartening to, to see, um, although good news here on um, race and ethnicity data finally being collected at the federal level. Well, that wraps up another week of our LGBT wellness roundup. I hope you've enjoyed listening. And if any of those stories were of interest to you, you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org and see a list of all the stories that we talked about. I hope that you will subscribe to the podcast if you're not already and that you will tune in next week for more LGBT health and wellness news. Bye-bye.